Can I tell you something about how an IKEA product gets its name? Yes. Are you talking about like the origin story the of origins. each product? It, more or less, if you think about it. I would love to hear about that, actually, because we go to IKEA. I wouldn't say a lot, but we are definitely fans of IKEA. And so the naming scheme has kind of been in my mind. I've wondered how we got there. And it being a Swedish store makes it a little more interesting because as an American who unfortunately only speaks English fluently, I've never really looked into if the names like directly translate to something in Swedish, but always kind of assumed that they did. Because there is the suspicion that they're pulling a fast one on us. Like we walk around American Ikea and we're like, oh, that sounds Swedish enough. Right? It's like <laughs> splarge blarg. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's a lamp. <laughs> Uh, I, sorry if I'm offending any Swedes out there, yeah. but it, I had to do it, you know. And and when you do hear the naming scheme, I think it is, it is ripe to kind of poke a little fun at. But there is a reason why there is a naming scheme for IKEA products. So the names aren't just random. They are Swedish. You're right about that. Okay. Well, let's get into the story then. Yeah. The reason why these products are named the way they are today is because of IKEA's founder, Ingvar Kamprad. Beautiful pronunciation, I think. I and again, it's it's the IKEA experience of like I don't, I'm not good at it, <laughs> but I appreciate it and I feel honored to be a part of it. So Kamprad was the founder of IKEA, really interesting person, but also was dyslexic, and that's really difficult when it comes to remembering your product catalog. I'm sorry, I just have to stop you yeah. right there. When you, when you set this up to be like, oh, he's he was a really interesting person, but he was <laughs> dyslexic, it made me yeah. just have the flashback back to the I'm Bella Thorne <laughs> and I'm dyslexic. That, that's like that's what it kind of feels like because you yeah. you learn all this other stuff about this person and you're like, he's a genius. Yeah. And he was so ahead of his time. And then this is like the oh, but he had dyslexia, just right. like Bella Thorne. Oh. Um Okay, sorry to to divert it yeah but i just i had to because it, it was just too good <laughs> for so, that tti absolutely yes worth diverting <laughs> please please tell me more about his dyslexia and his genius yeah so uh the dyslexia made it really really difficult to remember product numbers because he would keep on swapping around different numbers it, it, there's no like rhyme or reason to one number over another right these are like the skew numbers exactly which are really long which are really long too and it's like oh we're asking about this eight digit number it's like okay now i gotta look up this thing do this thing but he had an idea what if these products had names whoa <laughs> but the the issue is with ikea there's so many different products you can't just name all of your bookshelves bookshelf there is the billy bookshelf and then there's all the other types of bookshelf models so this was very much included in this this designing of the naming scheme so as interesting as the backstory is let's actually get into the naming scheme itself because that's where the fun begins so i've printed out one copy for you one copy for me of 
just the highlights of this naming scheme. And I'm going to just go through all the categories bit by bit. It'll also be on the screen for those of you with, with visuals for our podcast. But so the list I've handed you gives, I believe, 15 different product categories. And I'm not going to go through them all. We will link this resource for those of you interested. But a couple highlights is bed textiles are named after flowers and plants. Bathroom articles are named after Swedish lakes and bodies of water, which like some of them have a like a good mental image like, oh, bathroom bodies of water. Like that makes sense. It's really starting to correlate in my brain. Yeah. So children's products are named after mammals, birds and then adjectives. Okay. And then rugs are named after Danish place names. So there's a lot of like blank place names, Swedish place names, Norwegian place names. Real quick, you left out quite a juicy one, I'd say. Kitchen accessories Ooh. are named after fish, mushrooms, and adjectives. <laughs> of, of course. Garden furniture, Scandinavian islands, which yeah. there are plenty. And so that's part of what is really smart about this naming scheme, too, is like when you have scandinavian islands as what you can choose from for products you're really never going to run out and ikea has a lot of products and they have a lot of stores and a lot of places to to go to so yeah they they really cover their bases here now this is where i think it gets a little bit silly um ikea has stores in 59 countries and three territories Whoa. That is a total of 462 IKEA stores as of September 2023. And because they serve so many different countries, they have people that are hired to see if Swedish words sound like funny other words in different languages. Oh. Like, for example, um, this comes from another uh, article I found. The... The 2004's Fartful Children's Workbench, Fartig Ceiling Light, and the Dotty Stank Lover Duvet Set <laughs> are all examples of products that work in Swedish but not in English. And so they have to like they have to research is this gonna be an offensive or an inappropriate word in a different language? And fart just shows up a lot. Um, in, right. in like Northern European languages, like I, I, I think in German, like Ausfahrt is like exit. Right. Um, and okay. Another sidebar. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, all good. But I love to keep a list of like really interesting jobs. Yeah. And this is one of them. Like my mm -hmm. other one that I would love so dearly is like the anthropology window crafter. <laughs> the display crafters. Yeah. yeah. Like I just think that would be a really, really fun job and this one kind of seems like that too of course i'd have to be swedish so unfortunately i don't think i'm gonna make the cut yeah. but if any of you out there do just keep that one in your noggin <laughs> because i think that would that would make my life more interesting yeah and i hope the people currently in that career path are happy yeah i hope so too. because i think that's really cool and it yeah. makes sense why they have to do that of course especially of course. if they're I would assume primarily catering to an American slash English speaking consumer base. The, the other interesting bit about the language part of IKEA is that 
when it comes to assembling anything, you'll notice the instructions have no words on them. It's just images and in the little triangle guy and the little triangle people. Um, and that's just because those instructions have to work for any human. So for me, that's like part of why I love Ikea is like they have to approach some of these design challenges in some really cool ways. I mean, it's adult Lego at this point. I mean, there are adult Lego, but <laughs> this is adult furniture Lego. It's uh, practical adult Lego. Exactly. Like we all need some chairs, some bedside tables, bookcase. Exactly. You 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 got it. You're you're right on point. And so because of the amount of offerings IKEA has, like this sort of naming scheme doesn't always work perfectly. So sometimes the the kind of rule of thumb that they've developed is that they will name some things after what they do. And so an example of that was a bicycle called Slada, which just translates to skid in Swedish. Um, another one was a spice mill called Krosa, which means to crush or grind. So they'll do very literal names too. Okay, love that. Mm -hmm. Real quick question though. And this might sound kind of dumb, but <laughs> why don't they just name the products the Swedish equivalent of the product? Like you said, bicycle translated to skid. Why don't they just call it bicycle in Swedish? Like, do you think that's because that is kind of annoying and or weird for their Swedish audience? That's a good question. My my hypothesis around this is that they don't want to name something too literally because then it makes it so that they can only have one of that version. Whereas if you name something like if bike is skid, you could also have like crank be another bike. Yeah. Um, the cruiser. Yeah, like cruise, like th those sorts of things. It, it just opens gotcha. up your, your options. And also it probably makes it easier for people to look that stuff up without it conflicting with literal search results like if you had a bike named oh. bike then when you look up bike you're never going to find the ikea bike right no i, I get that and i was yeah. also thinking let's translate this to like an american or english company mm. if i went to a store and needed to get a bookcase and it was just called bookcase yeah i might get a little weirded out i don't know why i would <laughs> yeah but it it seems a little like Ooh, I don't know if I'd pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> it it, straight, it reminds me of like the Trader Joe's version of things. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, they have a research team. So I'm sure mm -hmm. that was also part of their research. Totally. Along with like, okay, are there conflicting names in English? But also, are people likely to gravitate towards this based on the way it sounds or what it means? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to put our IKEA naming knowledge to the test. You've been hired to the job that you've wanted your whole life. Yes. The IKEA product naming team. My whole life I since five minutes ago. Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm going to give you a product name, what the item is. So you are going to know what this item is, more or less. And then you need to find the category that it belongs to in the IKEA naming scheme. Okay. So and this is this is maybe your final exam to get the job of your dreams. Right. So I've made it through a couple rounds of interviews, yeah. but now I'm doing 
you know, a test run. They they want to know if you are a real IKEA fan. Okay. So let's do it. The first word we have for you is upland to describe a love seat. Okay. What is upland? This one I know because it's our couch. <laughs> and it says love seat in the title. So I am going to go sofas and armchairs, which equals Swedish place names. So we are looking what for. What is Swedish place names? <laughs> and we do have a Swedish place name. Yes. Upland is a Swedish place. So we're going to swipe that into the no section. All right. Poing. <laughs> Armchair. I'm so sorry to laugh for, again, any Swedish people. It's no hate. It's just... It's, it's, we're stupid Americans. Yeah, so. we're stupid Americans. It's, it's, we can't help but laugh. Okay. Poing. Also, it says armchair. So I'm going to yes. go sofas and armchairs. What is Swedish place names? It is a Swedish place name. This one's a bit interesting, though. It's a place name that's not literal. It means point. Similar to how sound can be describing a body of water and then also what oh, okay. we hear through our ears. It's like, you know, blanks point. The third term mm -hmm. is hemness, which is a bookcase. What might that translate to in Swedish? Bookcases equals professions or Scandinavian boys' names. What is Scandinavian's boys' names? No. This is a Norwegian place. So now we've introduced mm. how the IKEA naming scheme doesn't work perfectly. I feel like I've lied to everyone here. I set up this whole thing like the IKEA naming scheme was cut and dry. You could go around that entire store. It's you, a farce. And is you could what it start is. learning Swedish. You are wrong. I am wrong. Everyone's wrong. There is one thing I learned while learning about the naming scheme is that the naming scheme doesn't hold all the time. In fact, there are so many exceptions now that the naming scheme is Wait, more real of like... Quick. Do you think it like only works for him? I think... Him meaning the founder? I think that that's where it started. And now they have too many products. They had too many cooks in the kitchen. They're cooking up a storm. Exactly. Things went south fast I, I, I feel like this is what happens when any sort of naming scheme has to deal with too many things to categorize let's get into number four all right because i'm still feeling semi-confident hectar floor lamp lighting units of measurement oh gosh this has a lot okay yeah what is units of measurement seasons months days shipping and nautical terms or swedish place names it's a unit of measurement, so it's hectares, like... Uh, it's A hectare. Yeah, exactly. See, that one I knew. Hector is Hector. Yeah. Runscar. Bath faucet. Ooh, Runscar. <laughs> They're sometimes fun to say. That's definitely, like, I feel like one that I'd like. It says brass color. I think I, I could do with a few Runscars in my house. Yeah. Not all okay. Runscars are visible. So I have bathroom articles, but I don't think that a faucet is technically a bathroom article darn it's really not fitting anywhere else so i'm gonna go names of swedish lakes and bodies of water correct swedish place name is technically what this is it's not a lake or a body of water 
half a point. I give you half a point because this one was actually a bit difficult for me to find, but okay. it is a spot on an island in Sweden. Not Jasmine Duvet cover in pillowcases. Well, you definitely pronounced that one incorrectly, but okay, duvet cover in pillowcases. Okay, this is definitely bed textiles. What is flowers and plants? Yes, and you might notice that there is jasmine. Not jasmine is night jasmine. The wow. more you know. Wow, wow, wow. Brimness wardrobe with two doors. Okay, I'm really getting good at this now. Beds, yeah. wardrobes, hall furniture. What is Norwegian place names? Norwegian place name on this yes. one. It's always nice when they work out like that. I think I'm definitely getting the job. Okay, Billy Bookcase, very familiar with you. Yes. Billy, Billy, Billy. What is professions and or Scandinavian boy name? And if you're so familiar, Billy. would you like to make a guess on which one of the Scandinavian boy names, what is? Yeah. yeah. So Is Billy really a Scandinavian name? Or like it's Bill? Like, yeah. Like it's uh it's a boy's name that someone in Scandinavia might have. What so <laughs> one of the resources well, that's good to know. one of the resources I found for this, like you'll see that the screenshot I have there is a little funny looking. There is a Rubik's Cube champion from Sweden who made Whose name is Billy? No. Sorry. Who made a website dedicated to translating IKEA products. In like categorizing them based off of this. Definitely link in that as a resource below. Yeah, it's, it's out of date now, but it had a lot of really good ones. And so Billy was included on that. Okay. All right. Constable vase. Gosh. Va oh, I remember vase actually was a category. Okay. Bowls, vases, candle. Oh, gosh. This could be many. Spice, herbs, fruit, or berries. A constable. A constable is definitely an herb. It's, it, let's see. It's an adjective for uh, artful. Oh. So it's the artful vase. I mean, that's what I meant. <laughs> the artful vase. Okay. We're cool. gonna, fair, fair. We'll put this in the still learning category of these flashcards. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gladleg. Bowl. Gray. Okay. A gladleg. Okay. If this is a bowl, it's a glad. It's lig. A glad leg. It's very leg. So that is, that's a spice. That's definitely Are a spice. Are you sure? Glad? Glad. Glad Oh, leg. adjective? I think so. <laughs> adjective for happy. Okay, here's the thing, though, is like, yes, I hear glad in that. Yeah. I hear it. I see it. But I thought this was supposed to be Swedish. Like, how do I? It seems it American. It seems <laughs> sweet American. It's like Spanglish, but Sphinglish. Sphinglish? Yeah. That's it, what it is. And you know what? I think that that is really, really difficult. And I was not briefed about that before my job interview. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Granby. Picture. Okay. Set of nine city These tour. I know because I often see them. It's like when you've made it to the end of Ikea, you finally have made it. It's like 26 or more. Sections. Sections. Yeah. And the pictures and by then you're just exhausted, dehydrated. You also <laughs> really have to go to the bathroom and you just whiz right past them. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very familiar. Okay. Gromby. Set of nine. Okay. Okay. A Gromby. Oh. Oh. Gromby's Swedish slang. There's no you, doubt in my mind. You think mind. it's Swedish uh, slang? Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Ah, uh, it's a Swedish place name. Are you kidding? Gromby sounds it could like be a so slang. slang. Like, 
that Grombie in the corner over there. <laughs> With the Swedish slang, too, I was having such a hard time because slang in any language is really difficult to just look up. Right. So, <laughs> any Swedes out there, please, please let me in on a few. I could have mislabeled or... this one if I just don't know the slang. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Okay. Drona box. Oh white. Oh gosh, they have so many boxes. Okay, they really are a storage solution place. Okay, this is just totally winging it, but I noticed on Gromby that had the O with the two dotties. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go Swedish place name. All right. Are you Swedish kidding me? Slang. <laughs> Drona, yeah, so this is Swedish slang and it means to, to idle. Or to, to lounge around. Yeah. And it's like drone is where like to drone wow. off, right? We should really take some inspiration because lately our slang has not been inspired. It really hasn't. <laughs> should we just start looking through the Ikea catalog to figure it out? <laughs> I think that we definitely need to outsource, outsource for slang, our slang now. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't get that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gossig Golden, soft toy, dog, golden retriever. I oh. chose this for ruses. Is it the, um, like the plushies? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Gossig. This section always melts my heart. Yeah, right in the kids section. Yeah. Kind of right in the middle too, so you've still got some fire in your belly, yeah. ready to keep going. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay. Gossig, Gossig, Gossig. What on God's green earth could you be? Oh, children's products. Okay, this is getting hard though. Mammals, birds, or adjective. Oh, a gosig. A go a gosig's a bird. Wait, but it's for a dog. It's a mammal. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna kindly direct you to to the right answer. Mammal! Adjective, which is mammal, which oh, means, it means cuddly golden. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah. so that's dumb. Um, but it's cuddly. It's for but no, listen, because golden, which is in English, yeah, is the mammal part of it. Oh gosh. Okay, so half a point. I, I'd say half. I'll, no, I'll that's give a you halfer. a full. For me, that's a full point for you. Wow. Okay. Because like I'll golden, like is short for golden retriever. So big lick two hundred one piece Lego brick set. Is this the um okay, I know exactly what this is because we have it. Yes, it's, we do. It's the like build your own apartment. Yeah. But it's like with with IKEA products, more like quote unquote IKEA products. Like IKEA core Legos, yes. Yeah. We had that in a Billy. No, we couldn't afford the Billy. We had the Walmart version. But anyway, you know what I mean. So I'm we very We still have the big lick. I'm very I'm very familiar with big lick. Okay, big lick, big lick. Okay. So this is definitely giving children's products. Is it an adjective? Is kind of, I think from what I remember, it's a verb, but yes, possible adjective translation issue is what I put in parentheses there. So I feel like that is a, you have to give it to me anyway. I'm giving it to you because that's like a, Okay, but know. what does it translate to? Construction game. Oh, big, big, big lick. Big, big lick. lick. All right, this is the last one. Callus, 18-piece flatware set. Mixed colors. So, if I were callous, I think I would be a mushroom. Are you kidding Verb, me? Possible adjective translation issue. Yeah. So this is another thing. Party. Yeah, party. Is that just because there's it's eighteen piece set and not twelve? Yeah, probably. Like it's for more people. <laughs> yeah. Are you? If that's the logic, then I don't want to work here anymore. <laughs> all right so, that's actually really upsetting that none of them were fish or mushrooms because i was i was really hoping for right? that 
so at the end of this, you got 10 that you know, five that you didn't. That's okay. It's a 66%. So, and for me, introducing the fact that that cheat sheet is only going to get you so far. And then we got to start like thinking about what does this sound like? I think you did pretty good. Am I hired? I, I would hire you, but I don't have hiring or firing power. I think IKEA. you're biased. Um, <laughs> there's a conflict of interest here. All right. We just took a quiz. How did you feel about your quiz? Okay, so you know when you're in school and you get a test and that sucks, but then the teacher says, oh, but wait, it's an open note test. And then mm -hmm. you feel like everything's better. Yeah. That's how that felt until I actually took it. But I, for me, that's like the most real open note test experience. It's like, yeah, you can bring your notes. Not going to do much for you. Not going to do nothing. <laughs> you can scribble as much as you want onto a tiny little note card. Guaranteed won't do anything. Yeah. But if I had time to study before this, I think that there could have been a better outcome. Yeah, I did, overall, I did spring know, it on you. I think, I think I learned. I had some fun. I do think that there's definitely a skew towards adjective slash verb category, and that's no fun. So yeah. I do encourage those researchers out there or the namers, whatever they prefer to be called, to get a little funnier with it. I, and I think yeah. an American audience would appreciate that. I, <laughs> I would like a Svalsbarg jingle hopper. And that's, yeah. and that's a uh, pogo stick or something, you know? Like, I, <laughs> I would love to make something like that. So overall, I would say, yeah, I had a good time, though. So you may be wondering, what's the, what's the point of all of this? And I, I think that there is no profound point here, but I do think one of the bits that I learned while doing this research one, it's difficult translating between languages. And I was just going word for word, but remembering things like Swedish slang, right? That has a whole connotation to it, a whole way of, of speaking that I'm just not familiar with. Google Translate's not going to pick that up. I also had a great appreciation for it. So there's this thing called a taxonomy, right? Which is just like a and naming an organization structure. So uh, one of the most like widely used examples of that is the the genius of like plants and animals. Like there's always like a parent category and then a parent category because it makes a lot of sense for categorizing those things. What it doesn't make sense for is categorizing so many elements of a product catalog. And so that's why you start to see all these exceptions to these rules. They, they now have to deal with more and more products being brought into this naming convention scheme that may blend between multiple categories. Like you're even saying with Legos, like, oh, like what if an adult is playing with Legos? Does that change the category it, it's a part of? And this exact thing happens on all sorts of things that we use every day. Any form that you have to fill out online has to think about, oh, what are the categories of XYZ? This has been a big thing with people making forms that include things like sex and gender. It's like just a whole, and then another element too is now like the, the question of race on a lot of forms that people fill out 
has changed a lot over time. Like looking at old census forms versus new ones and the way that they talk about different races, what does it mean to be like biracial and have to check a, a singular box or check multiple? It it translates to so many things in the world big picture that I think it's kind of nice to have something a bit less consequential like IKEA product names to help describe it. Because it can, I think it, for me, it's a great metaphor for understanding how that sort of system works and where it starts to fall apart. Yeah, I, that didn't even occur to me, to be honest. So I really like how you um, compared that to things that definitely matter a little bit more than the IKEA catalog. Yeah. The thing that I took away from it was it's, it's very obvious that the American consumer kind of operates under the assumption that every single company is catering toward their needs especially like english language needs and yes ikea is doing that to an extent right we saw that like in the golden retriever one because golden's in it but i do think it's really cool to kind of open your brain up just a little bit to know that hey ikea or is it ikea ikea Sorry, we should have been doing that for one from the start, but isn't an American company and they can operate outside of that and still be successful and still stay true to Swedish culture, at least to an extent. And I want that to be a celebrated part of Ikea. Yes. Did I say it right? Yeah. I also want to add to like the way that even the name of the company is pronounced as regional, like you're talking about the so or the swedish pronunciation which is ikea and for everyone in this country we we call it ikea yeah real quick i just want to like get into why that just occurred to me and we should have really been saying it from that from the start but like my father's finnish and my family's finnish so Mm. that factors in but i also have a german godmother and she says it like that and so people in our life say it differently than the way that we do and so even like you said that at least can make you wonder huh why do i say it maybe incorrectly what is making me do that can i change it does it even matter i don't know yeah but like you said looking at ikea is kind of an easy way to approach larger systemic issues when we talk about what a takeaway could be from this episode Yes, the catalog itself and the story behind it is really interesting and fun, but it can also be a metaphor for much larger issues and specifically how Americans take other culture and make it their own and also assume that because they're using it, it's theirs. Or that they're using it and that's the right way to do so. Right. That's kind of what I meant. Um, And and I actually, I have a, a counterpoint to that. Um, I think that what's really interesting is that people are aware that there are multiple pronunciations of Ikea or Ikea. And I don't think that that, the, the fact that there are multiple pronunciations really speaks more to the way that language develops regionally and the translation of, I mean, Swedish is written with Latin characters, right? Mm-hmm. And we know most of the Latin characters. We don't know the ones that modify vowels. And so we try and impose English 
reading technique onto Swedish words. And so we end up or mispronouncing a lot of these words. And those mistranslations aren't always bad because mistranslations like that have developed a lot of the slang and the changes in the English language that we know today. Like toilet is a French word, but we don't call it toilet. And, you know, like we don't soften the T. It's toilet, right? And I think that like walking through Ikea, like I'm thinking of the, the video of the husband and wife and the husband's just trying to make puns with all of the Swedish product names. It allows us to see Swedish words in a way and encounter Swedish as a language in a way that we wouldn't normally be able to see at all. Like I have no, or I used to know people that spoke uh, Swedish around me, but I don't hear them speaking Swedish around me anymore. Like, and so because of that, it, it does show an element of Swedish culture in a way that we wouldn't normally be able to access. No, I, I think you're actually proving yeah, my point. There is totally like, yes, people are aware. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're necessarily changing their ways, though. And it doesn't matter because it's just a store pronunciation. Oh, totally. But if you yeah. were to extrapolate it to a much bigger issue, mm-hmm. if people are aware, but then choose not to act on it, then that's problematic. So that's yeah. what I meant when... Like the like digging you, in the heels sort of... Yeah, yeah. like if, yeah. You, if you really wanted to learn something today mm-hmm. besides this scheme, that's what I would urge you to take away with you is like, yeah. how does this apply in my life? What might I be aware of that I haven't actually changed yet or mm-hmm. thought to change? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that's a good prompt. Yeah. If I do As- say so myself. And like asking questions too about like yeah all the the names are a bit funny but why are they named funny yeah exactly is there a reason behind each name just staying curious about Mm. it and this actually makes me want to go to ikea (laughs) and and really really look at some of those items that i just cruise on by because i really have to go to the bathroom (laughs) yeah oh i feel like we've covered a lot of classic ikea experiences in this episode and we Definitely. haven't even gotten into the like the assembly side of stuff. We've just talked about when you're in the store. We didn't even really talk about the food court, too. Oh, goodness. I um, know. And, <laughs> and it's tough because they have two food courts, more or less, because they oh, have yeah. like, the big one where you get the meatballs and the rice and the whatever else they're serving. It's not like the greatest, but you kind of eat it because it's part of the experience, right? Yeah. But then they have the like smaller food court at the very end once you've made it through the snack land yeah then they have the coffee and the cookies and the soft serve yeah yeah but unfortunately we always go at night i feel like like after work or something and so (laughs) they're always closed which is just really unfortunate um but i think another thing too you said there is a difference between the in-store experience versus buying online and the assembly and all that but I also really love Ikea because we grew up in a really rural area. Mm-hmm. And so at least I never went to an Ikea until I moved to a city. Yeah. And so it's like, it's genuinely still a fun experience for me. And I don't think that just applies to me. I think that's kind of an experience that a lot of people share. 
so I had a lot of fun preparing for this episode. I did all the research, I think about a month back. So I, I got to revisit it and remember some of the details. And I love any excuse to throw in an information science theme principle, whatever you have it, into one of these episodes. And I did it. You know what taxonomies are now. And you know about some of the social phenomena around it. And so because of that, I, I'm just I'm very happy that I got to share this with you. I'm happy that I got to learn from you too. <laughs> and I hope everyone out there is too. And you know what? The next time you hit up your local IKEA or you're browsing online, just take a little look-see at some products that you probably wouldn't reach for and just ask yourself, is that a fish, a mushroom, <laughs> or an adjective? <laughs> and with that, we will see you next week on the Can I Tell You Something podcast. But quick update, our socials are now at Rough Draft Media or on Instagram, Rough Draft Seattle. Yes. We're going through going through some big changes over here. A little bit of we're we're really branding more towards what the company we've created is, which yes. is Rough Draft Media. So if you want to follow us on there, please do. You can also visit our website, roughdraftmedia.com, for all of our sources and to just check out what other things we're up to, because we're always doing yeah. something. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you all so much and bye. Bye. bye.